0: Hello and welcome to the Motherhood Series. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa, creator and host of the Healthy Hustlers podcast and mum to beautiful baby girl, Georgia Florence. Motherhood, as beautiful and magical as it is, is also overwhelming, exhausting and a massive guessing game. One thing I know for sure is having a supportive community of like-minded mamas you can lean on is one of the greatest gifts on this journey. And I want you to know that you are not alone. This is your network, this is your community, this is your mama gang. This is a series of empowering and nourishing chats designed to give you the confidence to trust your own maternal instincts, listen to your inner knowing and truly believe you have all the answers you need within. During these chats, I'm joined by nurturing, conscious and influential mummers, where through their lens, we share thoughts, learnings and insights into motherhood with the aim of showing you that there is no right or wrong. There is no rule book. There is no one way. Everyone's journey is unique, and that's what makes it so damn special. It's time to do motherhood on your terms. Together, let's harness our own unique mummerhood superpowers, lift each other up, and rewrite the rule books. In today's nourishing and wholesome chat of the Motherhood series, I'm joined by mum of 3, Abby Gilmore. Mama to Mila, Arlo and Mason, Abby and her beautiful family live here in Melbourne. At just 27 years of age, Abby openly shares her thoughts and learnings with her adoring online community. Passionate about helping others, Abby doesn't shy away from being vulnerable in order to help others in the process. On an ever-evolving journey, Abby talks about how embracing mindfulness has helped her heal and also allows her to give her children the tools and tactics to face life's hurdles in a positive manner wise beyond her years Abby's insights into motherhood and her personal learnings along the journey are some of my favorites. With an honest approach to co-parenting and a kind heart that shines bright Abby gives permission to others to show up wholeheartedly as themselves while providing confidence and comfort to know that we are all human and doing the absolute best we can. Here's Abby. Hello, beautiful Abby, and welcome back to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. How are you?
1: Hello, thanks for having me. I'm really, really good. I've got what, a few more? I can't remember. I had Miller and Arlo when I spoke to you last, and now I've got little Mason.
0: I know, I know. So crazy. I've loved watching you become a mum to a boy. Such a different (laughs) journey for you. It's been so nice to see, you know, just how much joy he looks like he's brought to your beautiful family.
1: Yes, everyone said that um being a boy mum was different to obviously having little girls and at the start I was kind of like, What? But I can totally like I get it. Like it's it is different. But he's such a little sweetie. He's a very affectionate little boy and just
0: adores me oh that is so nice do you know so many women who have boys always say that that like the girls are just so independent and don't need mum and then the boys are just like so affectionate and always want mum I'm like oh that's so nice
1: honestly like he can't take his eyes off me it's um I mean it's flattering but at the same time I'm like oh god I need to breathe (laughs) yeah totally totally especially when you've got two other kids (laughs) yeah that's exactly right
0: yeah and now how are you how have you gone this year you're in Melbourne um and it's been a pretty crazy ride so I'd love to know how you've kind of been handling 2020
1: 2020 um what a year um uh, we have obviously went into lockdown with the rest of the world. And was that like March, was it?
0: Yeah, I think so. About then.
1: Um, I don't even know what date it is. I know, seriously. So, whatever that was. And I really struggled with the first part of lockdown. I think the, the build-up and then to be sort of locked in your house. Um, and I say locked in your house. I know it sounds like, you know, I was very lucky. I could still work. And um, my partner, Lee, he could still work and whatnot. So... Having the kids, I think, being in the house and not being able to leave, um, not being able to see family, friends. Yeah, it was really hard. My mental health definitely um, took a hit. I lost my motivation for everything, basically. I felt like my anxiety really came back and a lot of the coping mechanisms that I used in the past, I think, just kind of went out the window because there was just no break. It was just like consistently stressful. I feel like I was in fight or flight mode the whole time. And um my kid's dad, oh Miller and Arlo's dad, sorry. Um so I co-parent and he had to go away for work in a hub with football. So um, you know, the homeschooling element of things kind of fell onto me with that as well. Um along with the needs of, you know, our four year old and then throw Mason in the mix who's a little baby. It was full on. So I really did struggle in the first lockdown and then when we got to the second lockdown, I didn't really want to feel the same way that I did in the first, so I really made sure I tried to implement a little bit more mindfulness and exercise. Um, I studied a holistic counselling and meditation course in that time as well and I feel like I really got to put a lot of that uh, knowledge to practice, I guess, which really helped me just have that – positive attitude I guess like I obviously didn't know when it was going to end but not having your normal support people around you it really made me rely on myself I don't know I guess I realized that you can't rely on other people when it comes to your mental health anyway so um, it was a really powerful moment for me to get my mental health under control and really just lift when I needed to but um, we definitely struggled the kids struggled so it's nice to have a little bit more normality now and we're getting used to masks, I guess.
0: Yeah, I know the masks. It just shows how adaptable we are, doesn't it? To just think everyone's just like, "Oh, yep, all right, here we go. We're wearing masks everywhere yeah. we go." <laughs> yeah,
1: it's been a really funny old year for everybody, and I've—I don't like to complain about it, as I know that I'm—I'm not, you know, I didn't lose my job, and I'm not going through what so many people are in terms of losing their business or having lost maybe a loved one or. Things like that. So I am probably one of the luckier ones in a, in the situation. So I'm I'm trying to remain positive, and um, that's I think what sort of helped get everyone in the household through.
0: But. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful approach, and but I also think that like things are relative to us as we experience them. So it's like you know we've all been through hardship, no matter where you live, you know, in the country really or in the world. Like everyone's been through some form of hardship this year, and um, it's definitely been testing for Victorians and like my heart just completely goes out to people who have had it harder because I honestly have struggled really bad as well, like you at times. Even having all the tools and and knowing what I need to put into place at times really hasn't helped me. And I've thought a lot about other people's mental well-being and, you know, the people who have gone through even harder things or might not have those tools in their tool belt to be able to be like, I know what I need to implement right now to make me feel better. So it's definitely given me a greater insight into, yeah, nurturing our mental health. And I loved what you touched on about, you know, our mental health is up to us and to to really be protecting that. And I think that's been yeah, for me personally, it's been a huge learning this year of, of just how important our, our mind is and and really being able to care for it where we need.
1: It's funny. Um, I was trying to put into words yesterday how I was feeling and I really couldn't, so I feel like this podcast came at a good time because <laughs> to be able to dissect how you're feeling with someone that's like-minded, it, it kind of makes sense of things. But I was sort of thinking about how 2020 has really isolated us and made us feel like we don't have anybody to help us through hardship. But I was thinking yesterday, like the reality of life is that, you know, we might go see a psychologist or a counselor or, you know, a coach or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, our mental health is our responsibility. So, I don't know, it's almost like it's highlighted for me that it's also like it's really great to have those support people and stuff but there's still the element of responsibility for you to get yourself right. You know, you can you can go and see a doctor and, you know, they can give you medication and they can help you through things but um, you also need to be doing the work your end and And I think this is a bit of a wake-up call as well, a bit of an awakening for a lot of people to sort of understand that there is a lot of work that goes into you know being a mindful person and um you know the the people that that have practices that they do every day and you know that that requires um uh, consistency and and routine and and effort so i don't know it's been a really learning kind of phase um and i think that it's showing people that you yeah, know if you are consistent with you know your practices and, and doing the right things mentally it's almost like a survival of the strongest you know Yeah. The kind yep. of they show you you know, and I'm not saying that people that are struggling are weak, but it's like, if you keep on practicing these things, like you will become stronger mentally. And that is what will get you through this lockdown feeling and coming out of it the best. Does that make any sense?
0: Absolutely. Honestly, like I could not agree with that more. I think you articulated it perfectly. And I think, you know, it does take a lot of work. It takes so much work. And I can only speak from my personal experience, but I guess being in the space and the industry that I am and constantly, I guess, preaching these practices and tools, you sometimes though need to take your own advice. And that was, you know, this year I was like, you know, Maddie, you can sit back and tell people to do this and that's how you live a happier, healthier life. Well, now you're actually really being challenged to do that yourself. And, It does. It takes so much work. I think especially when you put a business and children into the mix and a relationship and a house, you know, like, it's like we were given all of this time, but we also had all of this time taken away because we didn't have the help that we usually have. We didn't have you know, we couldn't just call our mum and be like, can you pop over and help me for a few hours? Or, you know, you were stuck in a 5K radius with like, if you don't if you don't have someone you can lean on in that 5K, well, it was just kind of bad luck.
1: Yeah, 100%, yeah, literally. Yes,
0: yeah. so I totally agree with you. And yeah, I think it definitely has reinforced to me of just how, one, how powerful our mind is, but yeah, how much work we actually need to do to keep that healthy and happy. And choosing to look at the positives is also it's a choice. Having to wake up every day and consciously make that choice to look at the positives and to put things into perspective is sometimes harder than we think.
1: Like it really showed just how resilient I think um, a lot of us are. And Mm -hmm. um, I hope that when, you know, it's all over that, you know, everyone can look back and be really proud of what we've achieved individually but you know like you know there's mothers working from home fathers working from home children needing to be homeschooled and you know the the juggle is real like and we have we have managed to to get to the other end and I feel really glad that uh, Lee hasn't been at home with me because I don't think I could really spend all of that time (laughs) together as it is and I mean that with like no I'm so with you (laughs) I really, like, I thrive on my own as well. Like, I really need to be alone a lot of the time to fill up my own cup. So when the kids go to bed, it's like, you know, I need to have a bath or I need to put my headphones in and listen to music or I need to go on a walk. Like, oh, it would have been really hard if we were all stuck in the same house. So I really take my hat off to the people that, that did that. And, yeah, like, I know resilience really just stands out for me with a lot of Victorians, so
0: coming out of this, I just could not be prouder to be a Victorian and to just be standing so strong with every other Victorian that's gone through this. And, you know, Ryan and I have been constantly saying it because he's been able to work as well, which is so, so fortunate. Um, But we keep, you know, we live in an apartment and George is 14 months. So we just kept saying, we're like, oh my God, any couple that makes it out of this, like, our hat just goes off to them because there's no way we could have done it. We just like... You know, if you've got through this,
1: you are solid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. No, 100% agree with that. So now, Abby, I would love to dive in and find a little bit more out about you and your beautiful family. Can you tell us about you?
1: Well, there's obviously myself. I'm 27. I always wanted to be a young mum. And so I had my firstborn, Miller, who is now six, when I was 21 or almost 22, I think. Just, no, I just turned. I was 33 weeks pregnant at my 21st. So I was. Wow. I was a fun time. Um, <laughs> and then I've got little Arlo. She's now four. So the girls are 21 months apart. Um, I became a single mum after Arles. And then I met Lee. We've got little Mason who is now 17 months old. So they're all very close in age, very like. I can't imagine life without Mason completing the girls and then I'm obviously I'm with my partner Lee, so he's a carpenter and he is the stepdad to Miller and Arlo.
0: Oh, so nice. Yeah. I love watching your little family online. It just oh, they're so the girls are just so gorgeous. It I guess having Georgia, I and you know, when you're a first time mum, you every stage is so new and so exciting and you know, you sometimes get sad to say goodbye to a stage or you know like oh crawling's over or you know but seeing you know your girls online I'm like oh it makes me so excited to watch her grow so it's yeah it's a really beautiful thing to watch.
1: I literally used to almost cry like to my dad I'd be like oh my god like she's growing so fast dad and she was like four weeks old he's like ab like you'd be worried if she wasn't growing. And yeah. I'm like <laughs> I know but I just don't want to miss anything like I was that first time mum that I wouldn't leave her with anyone because if I missed anything like I would have been devastated it would have broken my heart so now seeing her as a big six-year-old and you know going to school and and sort of having to let her go and um you know be our own little person it's really awesome but then there's that part of you that sort of grieves I don't know it's really um diverse mix of emotions no one really prepares you for this
0: (laughs) absolutely I yeah I don't think they prepare you for any parts of motherhood do they it's like and I think before you're a mum you just even if they do give you the advice you just never be able to fully understand it or or take it on board until you're fully in it and going through it
1: I feel like when you want to have a child I think I know for myself I never really saw past the baby stage you know I never I never saw prep or kinder or like, you know, progressing beyond five, I guess, or whatever. So there's times where I'm like, God, give me, give me like the, how do you navigate a newborn any day? Because sending a child to school and then having them come home and say like, you know, I wasn't very good at this today, mum, or I felt sad, mom. Like, you know, you're like, Far out I can, I can fix your problems when it's, you know, what bottle do I buy you or, yeah. you know, like all of those minor problems that seem huge at the time. And then you get to school and it's like, they're kind of navigating their life on their own. And they're having to use the tools that you've hopefully been able to give them to get through like bullying or, you know, just struggling or being alone or feeling sad and all of those things at school. And you, you just can't be there to help them. So, there's just so many um, elements to motherhood that just bring guilt and it really sucks at times. So I'm kind of going through that phase now, the school phase, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, I hope I've given her enough tools to cope, but um, so far she's loving being back, so that's a positive.
0: Oh, that is a positive, and I'm sure you've given her so many amazing tools. How do you personally process that feeling of guilt
1: it's so hard. Like I I feel like, so I'm a cancer. I feel like my emotions just are constantly running wild. Um, and I <laughs> you don't and me really both. I, yeah, I don't know if I ever really, Um. I think I've just had to learn to switch it off. Like when I began co-parenting, the guilt that I experienced there having to, you know, hand the kids over to their dad, like I really, really struggled with that. And, um, you know, I'd go to bed and I'd just be thinking about the girls and, Everything I did, it was like, you know, what if I'm missing this or what if I'm missing that? And for me it was just sort of learning to surrender, I think, to not being in control. Like I had to Mm. learn that, you know, I'm not in control of anything apart from myself and I know that the girls are safe and happy and I need to be doing things that, you know, make me feel good and and fill up my cup. So I think I just sort of practiced my mindfulness and if I'm ever taken back to those Uh, really guilty emotions I think it's something that's you know that I need to sort of look at myself because I know that the kids are safe and fine um, and it's more more about asking why do you feel Mm. you know the way you feel so that's kind of how I navigate through it just asking myself lots of questions because I think it does come back to a lot of our own conditioning and experiences you know and and I think the whole separation was a bit traumatic for me so When the kids go, I just need to understand that they're fine, they're safe, they're happy. Work it out what's going on for you because it's it's usually my stuff.
0: I love that approach and how you've spoken about that. I read the Conscious Parent book when I first had Georgia and and a lot of it was about really trying to figure out where, I guess, our conditioning. So, you know, we're so conditioned, but also where a lot of the things are coming from because, most of the time it's actually not our children, you know, it is it's actually something within us. So I really like that you're digging deep to find to find that. And I'm sure, you know, all the work you're doing in the mindfulness space is really helping. Has your parenting style changed from having Miller, you know, Arlo and then now Mason?
1: I haven't really thought about it to be honest, but um now that I kind of am reflecting, I think I had Miller very young and so She just sort of fitted into our lifestyle and um, that was why we sort of wanted to start a family young was being in that football world. um, It was very exciting and to share those sort of milestones and experiences and have the kids involved. So she just kind of slotted straight in and was such an easygoing baby. I don't think I – I never really had routine. Like I wasn't – I don't know, I wasn't thinking beyond the baby stage. So I didn't have the tools then. Anyway, I don't think to sort of worry about a certain style of parenting. Um, I didn't read books. I just really was present, and I just went off my own gut feeling. I think, and I wouldn't say I've changed too far from that because I am very much about parenting how I want to parent. Um, yeah, I love that. how this book tells me, or or how my friend does it, is how I should do it. It's sort of more to me, I guess. But um, yeah. I then had Arlo and I was probably at my lowest point in my whole life. So again, I don't think I really had much structure to what I was doing. And I had a lot of guilt and sadness around that sort of area anyway. But then Mason came along and I feel like when I had Mason, he kind of represented a new chapter for me. And it was something that I finally got to sort of celebrate. I got to make up for the time when I had Arlo that, you know, I struggled and I'd probably didn't parent the best that I wanted or that I could. So when Mason came along, it almost felt like I got to do it again with him and the girls got to do it with me. We got to have fun with it. And I'm just such a – I am such a conscious person and, you know, I'm learning so much about myself as I grow that, yeah, my style, it's still laid back and relaxed. But I I think I let the kids – I wouldn't say like I let them take the reins, but – there's no control. I'm not in control of my kids. I'm not the boss of my kids. And I really try and, um, you know, I really try and make that a point at home. And I say to the kids, like, you know, I'm not the boss of you. And, you know, you're the boss of yourself. And um, I just guide them. So I think I just take the more guiding approach. Um, I respect them. They respect me. And, you that's kind of, I'm learning as I go. Like I said, like I've got a six year old and I'm learning about how to be a mum to a child at school also while having a toddler and Mason. So I don't know, I don't really know what my parenting style is, but I definitely am going off my instinct and my gut. That's, that's kind of, and I, I think I'm just unpacking my own childhood, my own conditioning, and I'm trying to re-parent myself and give the girls things that maybe I didn't get as a kid or just do it a different way.
0: I seriously love that so much. Like you were just like speaking to me so deeply when you're saying all of that, because I guess a lot of the reason why I wanted to do this series was because I guess I've probably personally, although I've read books, they've been more about me, I guess like how I can be a better person, how I can be a more conscious mother, not so much like I've just never felt I've never felt like I needed to pick up a guide, not because I didn't need the help. It was just more that I I felt like the answers were in me. I'm like, you know, I just kept reminding myself – I birthed like I grew this baby I birthed this baby like if I don't know the answers like how can I expect you know a book or a guide or a schedule and I I know all of those things have places and it's each to their own but a lot of the reason why I wanted to do this series was to support other like-minded mums who were kind of struggling at times with maybe because I questioned it so much like am I doing the right thing just going off my own instincts like is that actually enough and you know I really wanted to chat to other mums like you to show new mums that like you really do have all of the answers inside you and the more that you tap in and and harness them and harness your own maternal instincts I just can't help but to feel like our babies will be so much happier and, and more content and we will be as a mum and that's a direct result as you know our babies are a direct result of how we are feeling.
1: Yeah 100% and it's funny um when I go back to um, Mila being two years old and Arlo was however old she was, a couple months, I started to get them into um, affirmation cards and I was going through my separation and well, Mila must have been about three. So every night before bed, we would read affirmation cards. So I'd have her saying things like, um, I can do anything. Um, I'm a good friend. I believe in myself and all these type of things. And it's funny, like now fast forward to their ages now that's really like the core conditioning of them and it's funny when I watch them do things you know and they struggle at or whatever the way that they're able to shift their mindset and you know flip their perspective on a scenario like it really just shows me how much it works and it's funny because at the time when I was doing those affirmations to the kids I don't think it was for them particularly I think it was for me, I think that I needed to hear those things more than ever at that time in my life. And yeah, so now a lot of my focus for the kids is always about like, you know, teaching them meditation, you know, before bed, we'll do like a meditation some nights, or we're always talking about our affirmations and just, you know, saying things about our bodies that we love. And, you know, I just really want them to grow up and be conscious and aware Um, because I think if if we as adults operate consciously, you know, we can make mistakes and things. And, you know, sometimes I lose my shit still and I I sit back and I'm like, wow, like what made you lose it? And it will be a build-up of things. But it's so important for me, the repair. Yeah. And that was something that like, you know, it was such a really useful tool for me because I know a lot of us moms can carry so much guilt about Rushing our kids every morning for trying to get them ready for school, or just not being the best mum that day and feeling like we failed them. Something that you know really helped me was just knowing that it's not about the blow up; it's about the repair. So I always make sure that I go in every night and we really just dissect what happened. You know, like I'm really sorry that I was really angry at you today. It's got nothing to do with you. Um, I just couldn't control my emotion at the time and I got really frustrated and just having my kids to be able to understand me really helps me so much with big emotions that I didn't even expect them to be able to understand. But because of all of the mindfulness and things we do, it really just helps me as an adult. So yeah, like I've just really loved going down that path of mindfulness, especially with having kids.
0: I I think that's so beautiful and it's really funny that you brought that up because the first episode that we did together, which was like two years ago, and like you said at the start, you didn't even have Mason then, but you actually mentioned those affirmation cards and I had a listener um, send me a photo. I don't know if I even told you this. Um, I had someone send me a photo saying that they listened to one of the podcast episodes and the guest mentioned affirmation cards and she made her own for her daughter and yeah, it's so funny because at the time I actually didn't even, like I didn't know what podcast, you know, obviously I was recording yeah. a lot at that time and I actually couldn't even remember which podcast it was. And when you just said that, I was like, oh my goodness, that was you who mentioned those. And she was saying how they were such, it's been such a powerful tool for her um, and even just being able to then explain emotions to her daughter and to be able to dive into that a lot more and it's something that's really stuck with me actually with Georgia and you know I think talking about that repair as well because you know we all lose our shit like we're human at the end of the day and I think especially in those earlier days when I was probably hadn't done enough self-reflection and was really trying to keep everything afloat instead of just surrendering to what was happening, I would find myself like fly off the rails sometimes. And I'm like, Georgia was so little. And, you know, even at the time, I'd just be like, baby girl, I'm so sorry. Like that is just, it's purely mum just trying to give more than she has capacity. And so I think that's really beautiful that you touched on that. And I think, you know, it gives our kids permission to show up how they need to and, and to express those emotions when they need to, and to know that there's nothing wrong with that.
1: It's really just like highlighting that, I mean, I think we've we've learnt that there's good emotions and bad emotions, but really explaining that what we are classifying as bad is actually okay. And you know, I'll, I'll see the kids sometimes, and I'll see how they communicate to each other. And when I'm not in a, you know, especially in this um, pandemic period, where I have lost my shit and just started yelling. It's almost like they're role-playing. They're copying me. So I'll, I'll see Mila say something to Arlo and then Arlo will be really frustrated that she won't just talk back like she normally would. She'll start yelling like me. And it. there's a quote that, like, you know, you're talking about how it's, like, karma for parents when you see your kids
0: yeah.
1: grow up and they just become exactly like you. It is seriously, like, legit. Like, I will see Arlo lose her cool. And that, to me, is, like, my... It's like my sign of like, okay, we need to regroup here. And I do, I pull them in and I say, I say, I'm so sorry that like, you know, you've seen mummy go crazy. I'm learning how to handle my emotions much better now, you know, instead of yelling, maybe we could do this instead. And it just helps so much. So it's not so much me coming on here being like, oh, this is how I parent and I'm amazing. And we are so mindful in this house. It's like, I lose my shit. (laughs) But I think it's about having the tools to recognize when things are going a little bit, you know, pear shaped and then having the tools to be able to sit down with your kids and bring them back, which shows them like, you know, regulating your emotions because some days we are up here and some days we are down here, but our focus needs to be getting us back to that sort of middle ground and, but acknowledging that it's okay to feel the highs and the lows. And yeah, I think, I think my girls are really getting that. And I I love it. Like, I think you can't really like everyone says to me, when should I start doing this stuff with my kids? And I'm like, the sooner the better, like, Mm. of course they don't understand it at two, but by six, that's their language. Like they don't know any different. So, you know, just, just consistency with, um, all those affirmations and things It really teaches them how to flick that switch and, um, think more positive, I guess
0: one of the things for me personally that I'm finding helps with is that it almost becomes second nature to then respond that way or to act that way to your children. It's like anything in life, you know, it's like if you want to think more positively, like over time, the more you choose to think positive, the more it just becomes second nature and you almost do it without having to really think about it. And I I find that a lot with things, you know, like even hearing you speak, there'll be things that I'll go and implement into, you know, our family's life now because I just think, well, I want to get in the habit of of showing up and responding like that as well. So it's almost, yeah, like I think when you say it's not never too young, I, I totally agree with that. I think, you know, and it's just crazy, like George is only 14 months and seeing now already how quickly they pick up things, like I just completely underestimated that like it's like monkey see monkey do you know she can't even speak yet she will literally copy things like at the moment she's obsessed with getting the dishcloth and wiping down her high chair because it's she sees me do it every morning and I'm like after every meal and she will absolutely lose her mind if I don't give her the dishcloth and at the start I was like why do you want the dishcloth? No, you're not having, like, you know, I was kind of like, why do you want this? And then I'm like, hang on, Maddie, she sees you do that. Like she wants to be a part of it. So it's like I wipe it down, then I give it to her and she gets to wipe it down and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is actually just crazy that like at 14 months you're doing this. But it's just such a, you know, wake-up call to me that they are just absorbing, you know, they're just little sponges.
1: But even like us as adults, it's like there's so many of us humans operating completely unaware that we have been you know we've we've learned everything that we know from somewhere so like it's such a cool thing to be able to sit down and actually think about why do I do it like why do I do it this way like Mm. and that can be you know parenting it can be your washing or like you know how you do how you cook like whatever it is it's like you've got it from somewhere so I always say to Lee my partner I'm like um, because sometimes his, his answers and things to me can be like, oh, well, I've, that's how I was taught or, you know, I'll do it this way because that's how I was taught. And I'm always about sort of challenging, you know, the way I've done things. Like I obviously mm. take the good from my childhood and I take the good from what my parents taught me, but I also challenge and rethink other areas. And, and it's not to say that my mum and dad did it wrong. It's like, you know, they were doing the best they could with the tools that they had which were obviously passed on by their parents. And that's what I kind of flag for Lee. I'm like, you know everything we do, it's taught to us by our parents and you know it's taught to them by theirs and like their environment and their conditioning. So just obviously respect it if you want if you want to use it. But if there's something that you question, like ask yourself why and if you want to change it, that's okay. Like so I think it's really cool that we try and work out our kids, but half the time, we probably should be trying to work out ourselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's amazing advice, and I love that you have that conversation with Lee because it's something that I've thought a lot about. I think since becoming a mum, of like, well, where is this something that I value? Is this something that has instilled? a good value in me or, or a good, um, characteristic, I guess, or is it something that I want to do differently? Like, did it cause limiting beliefs or did it cause an anxious feeling in me or, you know, yeah, really trying to unpick that. And I just like, I can't help but to feel that, you know, like what you said, our parents were doing the best with what they had. And I absolutely agree with that. And I just can't help but to feel like, well, now as parents in this day and age, we have so much more knowledge and resources and research at our fingertips like when you think of the internet and social media and books and everything like I just can't help but to think we just have such a huge responsibility for that next generation and to help make this world a more conscious and beautiful and brighter place to be and I you know I really hold that in such high regard but in such a with such responsibility as well, to think that there is a reason why I'm a parent right now in this day and age, with the, with the knowledge and tools that I have, and you know, I I want to give that my all, and I really want to hopefully look back and think that you know I did make the most of that. And I feel anyone listening to this podcast is is obviously on that same journey because they're getting themselves as much knowledge and resource as as they possibly can. So it's definitely a tribe of the right people all, you know, on the same page. But, yeah, it's just something I've really been thinking about a lot lately is just, yeah, the responsibility that that we actually have.
1: Yeah, that's right. And with the audience from my Instagram, I often get asked a lot like, you know, what do I do with my kids and um, still often ask, you know, how to navigate through sort of that separation period with young kids and and everything. And I think like the main sort of thing that comes to my mind is that, we do put a lot of the focus on the kids. I think when those sort of traumatic events happen in our lives, but I think what we really need to do is focus more on ourselves. And it's probably something that, um, you know, I, I did a lot. Um, I obviously did a lot of reflecting, a lot of writing, a lot of expressing myself and, and everything after my separation, which for some people was uncomfortable because we are also taught to keep those things private and, you know, don't talk about your your emotions and your feelings because it's embarrassing and it's this and it's that. And I felt really empowered doing that. And um, I think that the main focus should be on ourselves. And like I said to you, when I did the affirmation cards with the kids, I honestly believed that it was doing more for me than it was for the girls at that time. And you just really can't take for granted how impactful like those positive words are. And they are such powerful words, you know, I am enough. You know, I really needed to hear that at the time. And here I was thinking that I wanted Miller to grow up and be this strong, powerful woman. But the only way for her to be that is if she sees me being at first. And I think that might be my parenting practice is show the girls what they're capable of. And, Mm. um, you know, I'm not going to sit there and promise them that they'll, they'll never have their heart broken. They'll never lose a job. They'll never experience grief or something terrible happened in their lives but it really is about how they come back and their resilience and um, I think if you've got the right tools early on you really can navigate through a lot of the things that life does throw at you and it's not about not feeling those you know negative emotions but if we are mindful we we do have a quicker turnaround time on how much we spend dwelling on it um, and then getting ourselves back um, yeah, you way know, of feeling good again and, and operating in a bit more of a positive functional way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, yeah, it's such a, a beautiful way to be. And, and, you know, what you say about leading by example, you know, I, I think that's so important. It's, you know, it's what we were saying before As they copy you like what they see. You know, I, I always saw my mum working for herself, like she had uh, businesses when we were kids. And so for me, having my own business or and children was never something that I worried too much about. I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll do it like mum did it. It was, you know, and like I learned so, you know, I, I can reflect back and see all the things that I learned from watching her be able to do that. And, you know, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but it's just something that hasn't then necessarily been that hard for me i guess at you know it's definitely has its challenges like anything in life but you know when you do see see those examples it's a really beautiful thing to instill that confidence in you that you are capable
1: i had a human design reading done a couple months ago and it was so cool i think the more i'm thinking about it now the more that it's like unlocking just kind of what it taught me but I learned so much about myself in that reading. So basically um, it talks about like your energy type and how, you know, a lot of us do feel like we're a bit lost or broken or like, you know, unproductive um, a lot of the time, but it's simply because we're not actually in tune with, you know, our own sort of energy type and we don't know how to work ourselves to the best of our ability. We're kind of like sharing ourselves with everyone and maybe doing roles that we're not good at. And that's where our energy consumption is burnt, where we could be focusing on the areas that we do thrive in um, and delegating kind of thing. And I learned that I'm, I'm a projector. So I'm someone who loves to talk and obviously, um, and I like to share my experiences in order to help other people heal, but also because that heals me. And it was talking about how there's all these other roles, which I'm not obviously that educated about because I was focusing more on myself, but It was saying that I'm not someone who, so if we're in like a jungle setting, right, (laughs) I'm not someone that will be on the ground with the tigers and the lions, you know, going after what I want. I can't see too far ahead when I'm down there and and I just get trampled on because I'm just not a go-getter in that sense. I'm like the bird that sits in the tree and gets the big overview because I can tell you what I think you should do. I kind of like oversee everything and I... I'd like to talk people to where they need to go. And it really suited me. Like it was just me to a T. And um, I grew up around so many ambitious people who knew what they wanted to do. And even my own siblings and stuff, you know, they're very driven and hardworking. And I always felt like there was something wrong with me because I was like, you know, I want to be a young mum. I can be fast paced, but I prefer slow pace. I don't need to be busy all the time. I don't feel like I need to prove that I'm working and I'm this and doing great things. I'm so happy with just sort of cruising along at my own pace, and I think it's important to note that like it's okay to be ambitiousless as well, if that makes sense. Like I did a, a, I was on a panel once with so many amazing women, and 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 at the end of it, we were all laughing at how ambitiousless we were, which you don't really see much of because we do live in this really fast-paced hustling world. So I think I hold space for my kids as well to be who they want and to go at their own pace and uh, yeah I don't know I like I'm not I'm not hustling I I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up (laughs) but I know that I love helping people and sharing things and I love going at my own pace and I'm just really happy to see everyone sort of waking up slowly at the moment so that we all can be how we are like you know a lot of our traditions are, are, are leaving us you know that nine to five hustle isn't like the thing anymore and um, there are so many cool influences and and people that are showing the world the way I think. And yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I am, I feel like ambitious list sounds not great, but like I'm not someone that knows what they want to do. I don't have like you know, step one, step two, step three so that I can be at step four and feel accomplished. I'm just sort of like a bit of a floater and I, and I go towards things that make me feel good, and then there's days where I feel burnt out, so I take my time. And I think that that's okay too. So that's, that was my point there.
0: I, love 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 so much like if you could see my face right now so I've only just discovered human design this year and oh, I'm a, I'm a projector as well so everything uh, that you were saying oh then I was god. like oh my god because it if anyone hasn't heard about it like literally just google human design and you put in you can put in all your details I'd love to get the information from you where you actually got the reading though because yeah. it's actually something that has brought me now understanding my I guess makeup and, and that more it's given me so much more comfort this year in going at my own pace and realizing that for so many years I was in that corporate go-getter fast-paced world I was surrounded by full-on hustlers and you know a lot of my reasoning for wanting to do this was because I never wanted to have to go back to that as a mum because I just couldn't fathom how I could honestly keep up or do what I was doing because I was at complete capacity and I guess you would know this of it's anyone does like it's so easy to look in other people's lanes though as well. And I'm still, even with all the work I've done, I'm still so guilty of of looking at people, you know, especially on social media who are in the same industry and comparing myself but not comparing my situation you know knowing that I've only been in this game for two years knowing that I've got a baby like you know I'm not comparing knowing that I'm only working five or six hours a week at the moment like how can I expect to be having the same results and growth as they are and so I was really caught in that trap and then being able to understand human design more it just gave me so much comfort to know that like I guess why I'm here and to know that I don't I don't have to constantly be showing up if I don't want to. I don't yeah. you know, if I haven't got an episode ready to go, like I've put so much pressure on myself for like consistency and you've got if you tell people it's Thursday, it's gotta be Thursday and whether now I'm like Well, why doesn't, why does it have to be, you know, like it's, it's, as much as I love doing it, it's these other things in my life, like it's, you know, and I think, yeah, the way that you were just speaking then honestly gave me goosebumps because I was like, oh my goodness, it just reinforced in me how much I need to learn more about this because I think it's so interesting to understand how we are wired and 100%. not constantly comparing ourselves to people who are on completely different chapters and, and pages as us. You know, they want different things. They might naturally be more ambitious or more driven or be able to work eight hours a day really productively. Like I'm lucky to be able to work three hours.
1: A hundred percent though. Like and and I really crave these kinds of conversations. Like um, and it's honestly been what I've been lacking in You know, this pandemic phase, I think, is just not having people who I can sort of vibrate off um, Mm. to get me back to that higher energy. And I know once I've finished this podcast, I'm going to be really inspired and I'm going to feel my most energised because this is where I get my energy. But I'm working on a little project at the moment and there's so many elements to it that I can't do. And I get frustrated at myself because I'm like, well, why can this person do it but I can't? Um, but it's just simply that it it's just not my area that I you know I specialize in, I guess. and and once you understand that you know you've got your areas and it's okay that you can't do everything, once you put all your energy into those areas, they can become really great. So for me, it's about delegating and handballing off the things that I can't do so that I can focus on the things that I can do. And the reason that I've you know I've been so open and sharing of my journey too is because I also just think that, when you're someone that's been through things and you've you've got so many learnings from it, I think that's so cool to be able to share that. Um, you know, we we obviously can go and see professionals which have also helped me, but to then just have someone that's been through things to talk about it so openly and raw, um, it does resonate with people who are scared to show their vulnerable side. And I don't know, like whenever I would have my babies and stuff, you know, I'd be like, "Give me the epidural." And they'd be like, "No, your pain's not that bad." And I'm like, "Have you had any kids?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, well, "How the hell are you telling me that my pain's not that bad?" So like, sometimes I think it's nice to to have someone that's been through things speak so openly about them because you know we are taught that you know unless you're qualified in this area, you know nothing. But I think it's so nice to see more people using this space to share their experiences because we're all so different yet we all feel all these emotions and you know to find people that actually talk about them so openly it's really healing I think And and it's for me as a projector it's really healing to talk and to get it off my chest and to resonate with people so yeah it's really cool if you're interested in human design Chantal was the lady that did mine and her insta handle is return me to love it was awesome I couldn't recommend it enough it was You know, half the stuff I sat there and I'm like, yep, that's me, that's me, that's me. But it's also giving yourself permission to be that as well. You know, Mm -hmm. some people think that I'm depressed because I love to spend time by myself or I like to be in the bath or I just really like to disconnect from the world in order to recharge my own batteries. But so sometimes I kind of felt like maybe they were right, but I'm like, no, this just gave me permission to feel that because that's just part of who I am and that's how I know I feel the best future Abby. So it was, oh, it was just really great for my own personal development, I think. And I'm really glad I did it.
0: Yeah. I, oh my goodness. I'm 100% <laughs> going to do that. But yeah, I think it's so, it is really about giving you that permission. Like one of the biggest things for me was around like the working, you know, like you're not actually, I'm not actually designed to be able to work at the pace that, at times I was pushing myself to try to work because everyone around me was working at that pace, you know, and it's okay to be like that. Like there's nothing wrong with me for, for feeling that way.
1: Like you really, you're burnt out by like, by three o'clock in the afternoon, I, I could barely keep my eyes open, but I, I was then just not, I wasn't calm. I wasn't mm. a good mom from like three onwards. And yeah, I think once you figure out where, you know, you need to put your energy, you can, you can keep going for longer throughout the day because- you're doing the things that make you feel good rather than wasting it on things that you know that just simply don't serve you
0: 100% agree so much do you know the funniest thing I was just thinking about this is well when I told you this would go for like I only need 30 minutes of your time and we've chatted for so much longer because this has been so beautiful but the other thing was I was like oh babe we'll just like chat about your feeding journey <laughs> and And all (laughs) your sleep, how what you do is sleep with the kids and we've just had the most beautiful and (laughs) nourishing. (laughs) But it's been the most beautiful and nourishing conversation and, like, honestly, exactly what I needed to hear. I just, like, when you said you're going to be, like, vibrating on another level, I'm like, girl, I already am. This is so what I needed for my soul. And we're obviously both cancers and and the human design. I'm like, oh, I I really and it's so funny because so many people I did a call out the other week about like you know who you want to hear from for the motherhood series and so many girls were like Abby Gilmer, Abby Gilmer. I'm like guys she's coming and I'm like I've got to make this happen but it's just such a sign from the universe of like you know we obviously both needed it as much as the audience
1: (laughs) yay I'm so glad and I hope so many people get something from it I haven't done like a podcast or anything for such a long time but I I also haven't um I went through like a phase of I didn't know what I would even speak about, like when I would get up on a stage and I had my story and I knew what I wanted to say and how I wanted it to be taken by other people and stuff. And then I went through this must've been a growth period because all of a sudden I didn't resonate with what I was sharing anymore, but I wasn't quite at the place where I needed to be to share. So I felt really lost. And um, I think this is coming at a good time for me as well. Cause I do feel like I'm, I don't know, I feel like I have semi-transitioned into where I think I want to be. You know, I feel happy to be talking. It feels good again. So I do hope that some people, you know, really resonate with that. And, yeah, this is – I'm literally buzzing, so I'm super inspired oh. for the rest of the
0: day. <laughs> oh, that's – it's honestly so nice to hear. And I think on that, like, you know, I can so resonate with the way you feel. And at the start of the year I was really like – I felt like a real block, like I didn't know what more to share. I was like everything I've known I've kind of shared or I've said and I just felt like I was almost sometimes repeating myself and Mm -hmm. I, you know, almost asked. I just said to the universe like I need to learn and grow more and and this year is – Challenging as it's been at times, it's been such a huge area for growth, and and like you, it's allowed me to almost step into where I feel like I'm meant to be and what I'm meant to be sharing. And yeah. I just want for you know anyone who is listening, who is maybe asking that question of what am I meant to be doing or where am I, you know, what is my passion? Like, just really honor where you are right now and and realize that you're in that position for a reason and you mightn't fully understand it, but you actually are growing and you are learning and you will be able to share these experiences one day or the idea will come to you of what you're meant to be doing. So to to really be patient and to just appreciate where you are and know that it's, it's where you're meant to be and it's getting you to the place that, that you're destined for.
1: Yeah. And I think we go in and out of those phases too when like sometimes I think we can resonate too much with our own story that we we think we are our story so being able to separate yourself from what's happening to you as well like I feel like I stayed in that victim role for a really long time and and that was like you know my chapters at the beginning and then I got through that and and got to this phase of like you know I feel really empowered and I'm I'm sort of understanding more why this happened to me and you know, I'm really learning and, and using those learnings as tools to get me to the next phase, which I was able to um, heal from everything that had happened and create really amazing relationships again, and you know, have a really awesome big family and stuff. And then it's like you're into the next phase, and it's almost like I really want to help people for real, but when you can't really like, you know, you can't figure out even what the hell you're feeling yourself, it's like what's going on. So learning that I'm a very deep feeler and I'm very impacted by what goes on in the world, the people around me, you know, I I can learn how to shut off and I can focus more on myself and then I can share parts of me that I need to, to help people. So I think that's kind of how I, I work now is I do need to go away so that I can work out how the hell I'm feeling. And then I, when I come back, share what I've learned. But that doesn't need to be consistently all the time, like you said, with your podcast. It can just be when you've got something that you think's worth mm-hmm. sharing, share it. And that will have a yeah. greater impact than just speaking for the sake of speaking all of the time.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a beautiful thing as humans is that we're always evolving and we're always growing and learning. And what we think and our opinions are today will most likely change, you know, over time. But that that's the beautiful thing is the knowledge that we have now where we are able to share and hopefully help other people either resonate or, or feel comfort or or heal in some way.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Abby, thank you so much. I've seriously just, yeah, as we've both said, I've just like adored this chat so much. I so, so appreciate your time. I'm looking at the time on my clock and it's 1-1-1. So I think that's a beautiful, beautiful sign to to stop. But yeah, thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.